Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You can watch the original episode we'll be discussing in every other episode of HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm, including the new and final season on Max. You can also watch the video version of the History of Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast on Max and YouTube as well. Links available in the episode description. Hi, I'm Jeff Garland. I'm Susie Essman. We are now going to do season one, episode one, which is the first time the theme song was played. Was played. Yes, it was not played in the hour pilot. And it was missed. You hear that dun, 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 and you immediately get into the head I of the show. I have to tell you myself, I was in love with it from the second I heard it. So, you know, maybe we could just quickly tell the story of how Larry found it. Yes. Yeah. A few years prior to this, he heard it. It was like a, it's called Frolic, written by an Italian composer. And he heard it, it was on some bank commercial bank or commercial, something. Yes. And he said to Laura, who was his assistant at the time, currently yeah. our EP, yeah. find me that song. And she did. She yeah. tracked it down and yeah. then he chose to use it. And this is prior to even thinking about doing Well, no, curb. no. The internet existed at this time, uh-huh. but it was not what it is now. So there's still quite a bit of work in finding something like that. Really, a bank commercial and the song Frolic. Now you put those two things in a search in a Google, yeah. and it probably comes up. Might not. Like if you put in Pirates of the Caribbean and lotion, what would come up? Copper tone. Oh, by the way, you're close. Yeah. <laughs> so this first episode is called The Pants Tent. Yes. What I noticed is there is some interstitial music, but not as much as there came to and, be. And only one of them do we continue to use. It's the one that you do. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. yeah. Which is that my was favorite. The first one. 
And this is 2000 that we shot this, I believe. Yes. I believe it was the it winter was. Yeah. of 2000. Yes. And it's called The Pants Tent. And, you know, right up front, this is such a typical Larry, uh-huh. the pants tent. You know, that's such a typical thing that he would notice. And it's about his pants that are just too... Well, no, everyone notices. Every guy who's ever wore a pair of khakis, especially with pleats. Yeah. There's there's a... It goes up, and I know comedically, I've always thought, if I sit down, someone's going to think I have an erection. See, now, that never would have occurred to and me. And I guarantee somebody's done that in their stand-up, and it didn't work. Just my gut feeling. Could be. Because it's not that funny unless you're watching it. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a visual. Yeah, it's a, vi- it's a by visual. By the way, it only works as a visual. And yeah, so Larry took it to a visual place. And this is the first episode I'm in. We'll get to you when we get to you. Yeah, okay. Uh, don't rush. I'm not rushing. We're here. We're going to get to you. So I want to talk about the pants tent thing, which okay. is, this is one of those things that we've done a million times, which is the minutia. Right. Larry likes noticing the minutia and then taking it in a place where you don't expect. So when you see him playing with his pants at the beginning, you don't have a clue of what, I bet this, I bet that. No, you can't bet. You don't know. Yeah, Cheryl's friend, you know, is going to rub his arm. And also, by the way, early on, we see Larry's first annoying face. And that is when Cheryl hands him the phone. He's bewildered and annoyed. Cheryl won't go to the movies. Her her girlfriend is on the phone. Robin Uh, 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 Roizen. Roseanne. 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 Yeah. Yes. Who was at the time married to Mike Myers, but I don't think anymore. Well, I've known her. No, she's not. She's actually, I wrote her down other places just to mention her, but we already did. Yeah. And she's lovely. And uh, she was great. She was great. Great this episode. Yeah. So... When she hands him the phone, I'm watching and feeling the frustration and the embarrassment of which grows later. But he is, he's like upping the ante. So at this point, he's pissed he has to go with her. What does he say to her? And then he's meeting her at the uh, movie theater. Which I find, by the way, a little bizarre. Why, that she's meeting him there? Well, no, I would never say to my husband, go with my girlfriend to the movies. Well, yes. I'm trying to think if my wife of yore ever said that to me. And I think my wife of yore always felt better when I was attending something with someone that's part of her circle. Well, because it's accountability. But that could also be a man or a woman. Right. And she would be joyful. Like if I was going to Chicago, where I'm from, the more time I spent with her family, the happier she was, even though she didn't say anything otherwise. So, So I think this is... Not that unusual for a wife to say her best friend with Larry. She knows nothing's going on. Well, yeah, I know. I know, but to volunteer him that way. But then there's the storyline, so whatever. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) Let's take a step back from that. There is the storyline, but whatever. One of my problems with being involved in other projects is they're never truthful to the truth. They never do things in a realistic form. And I'll talk about it with them or examine that and they'll tell me I'm thinking too much. I've gotten that on many sitcoms. Don't logic me up. I've actually gotten that phrase said to me. Now, you want to nitpick this and that. He wouldn't turn his head in that direction. And by the way, on Curb, we even say those things about the way someone looks at someone. But people would get angry at me when I would do that. And so on this show, you said you wouldn't but I think someone might do that. It wasn't completely uh, out of, you know, the realm of possibility. 
It just struck no, me. No, it was closer than the realm. Don't realm me on it this. It struck me as realm odd the, that okay. she would do that, but oh, it's by fine. By accept that. It struck you as odd, but don't go to realms. All right, let's keep going. So the other thing that's set up in this episode is Larry's issues with Lewis's girlfriends, which happens a lot. Well, yeah, this was the first one. The first one. Sophia Milos, who, by the way, uh, I had seen her on The Sopranos. Beautiful she was girl. Beautiful girl. She was perfect for the role. Right. Because she was angry, yet beautiful. We used her a couple of times, two or three times, because she was a great foil for Larry, mm-hmm. as well as um, But he's easy. But correct in that there seems to always be issues with Lewis's girlfriends. Which is always, always. funny. Yes. Always. Hilarious. Always funny. Now, I want to say, the first scene after that, when he's driving in his car to the movies, is the first time I'm introduced in the series. I'm on the... You're on the phone. On the speakerphone. And we're talking... Which is a huge faux pas, by the way. To not tell somebody that they're Uh, on speaker. By the way, who would... And I'm not talking Jeff Garland, because I would never do that. But Jeff Green... Clueless. 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 Of course he's going to do that. And that's not out of the realm. That is big bowl of in the realm. That's a target of him being an idiot. And as soon as Larry says, I'll check with Hitler or something, you know... Hitler, he's referring to his His wife wife, as being... Yeah. Basically what happens is he calls me, we're talking, and then... He asked me a question. He says, I'll ask, I have to ask permission of Hitler, which is an extreme. And I hate when Jews do the extreme. He did it for the joke, but people do it. I don't think Larry David would ever use that reference. Uh, but he said, and then the characters played by Louis Nye and Mina Kolb, which I'll get into yeah. in a minute. Hitler, Hitler, you know, they're, they're screaming because they're in the car and he's very upset. Right. Very upset, which ultimately ends up getting him in a lot more. Uh, you know. Well, I, the the entire episode is about him apologizing nonstop to everybody, which many episodes are. <laughs> okay, so now comes the first funny thing, and this is not some. If we played a clip, we could not. This would not be funny because you wouldn't hear it. But the movie theater where he's at says the name of the movie. It is pre digital expertise. In other words, it looks like someone put one of those tape things you use to... Yeah, the tape guns. The label makers. Label makers. It looks like someone digitally put a label maker in the thing outside to say what was playing with the flashing lights yeah. and thing. It looks so bad. I see. I didn't I, even I, notice it. Oh, I burst out laughing. Uh-huh. It was horrible. Horrible. What was it? I don't remember the name okay. of the movie. He saw a specific name right. of the movie, and it just, it looked horrible. All I want to say is, you know, if that happened nowadays, I couldn't watch the rest of the episode. I'd be obsessed. But because our expectations just completely change as technology. Well, yeah, because it's solid you know, it's as like a rock when, now. When, we used to, when they used to watch old kinescopes, it seemed normal to them. Right. I love old kinescopes. Did you know the third year of Curb? You might not have known this. All kinescopes. Yeah. We went for a time machine. So, By the way, the pauses are, uh, we got notes. Uh, I have ADHD. Well, what do you have? What's your excuse for using notes? I, I am old. She's old. I'm old and I have ADHD. Therefore, we watch these. We have to make notes. Well, we have to make notes. There's 100 and, uh, but right now, there's 111 there episodes. There are people who have a skill set that can do that. Yeah. By the way, young Jeff, I'm like 20s. I could have remembered every beat of the episode and every thought I had. Really? Now at 60, don't have a fucking clue. All right, let's see here. So uh, so the thing to me that was, I mean, and I definitely want to get to your parents. And you were because, right, by the way, in terms of Larry 
and his uncomfort with all of Richard's girlfriends, and it creates so many problems. But you know what else stood out to me? How handsome was Richard Lewis? Yeah, I know. He I noticed so that too. Damn, I and noticed that luxurious that too. hair. Yeah, I thought, oh, and that guy was playing Carnegie Hall, big comedian. I thought, wow, he had to have lived a life. I know a little more than he wanted to, vis-a-vis, you know, uh, alcohol and drug abuse. Well, he actually. Uh, and is- by the way, I say that with full permission. But by the way, you could say to him when we weren't rolling at any time, and I love to do this. Hey, Richard, how long you been sober? He could tell you to the day. Oh, he says the two things Richard likes to say all the time is that he's been sober for X number of years. I don't know what it is. And that he sold out Carnegie Hall in 1989. By the way, those are two of the big ones. And by the way, Those are two things he mentions a lot. This is what's beautiful also. (laughs) I can pretend like I didn't know that information, even though he's told it to me one-on-one, a minimum of a dozen times. I can go in the same conversation. Wait, did you ever play Carnegie Hall? And he'll tell you, and he'll tell you the date, well, sold it out. he's very and proud of that for I good know, reason. I very much so. I'm never playing Carnegie Hall unless I'm, this show becomes popular and you and I are sitting on a stage together. And then the other um, thing, same conversation, I'll go, you're sober, right? How, how long? And he would do it all the time, and I loved it. And he's very proud of that because he worked very hard at it. Well, both of them, yes. I'm not making fun of him, but I'm making the, fun. The other, the, the the part where, so Larry is, you know, trying to get through the aisle and he passes, what was her name? Sophia? What was her Milos. name? Milos. Sophia. He passes Sophia, who's Richard's girlfriend, who won't move her legs. And she very angrily accuses him of looking at her breasts. And do you know what he replies? You wear that dress because you want people to look at your shoes, right? What's always funny is the discovery with Larry, because he, he has before and since done these things where he's done something bad to Richard's and, girlfriend. And then realized, not knowing, not knowing yeah, it's his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. He likes her a lot. Anyhow, what was amazing to me, which we would never do now, and this is not even of its time, we allowed the flashing lights of the sign above to be going in every direction. So it's like watching people in a disco at night having a conversation with all the flashing lights, and the, the disco ball would be right above them. It was so distracting. And unsettling. Well, I think stylistically, the show was just finding itself. This was the oh, first episode. Oh, by the episode. way, I agree. But still, I look back and I go, wow, that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the technology's changed. Um, well, wait, wait, wait. What technology could we do to stop flashing lights? Turn them off. Right. Uh, now we have switches. <laughs> but by the way, what did they have back then? You had to crank them off? <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay tuned. From executive producers Park Chanuk and Robert Downey Jr., The Sympathizer is the new HBO original limited series based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel of the same name. Join me, Philip Nguyen, a scholar of Vietnamese-American culture, and the cast and crew as we discuss the making of this historic series. Subscribe now to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and stream HBO's The Sympathizer starting April 14th exclusively on Max. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we're back. So there's that whole interaction at the theater. And then he's upset because he has this fight with this woman who he doesn't know who she is, who we find right. out later is Lewis's girlfriend. And Cheryl's friend, Nancy, to calm Larry down, starts just gently rubbing his Yeah, but arm. they're not even outside then. My mistake for jumping. Yeah, they're, they're so sitting Larry in the theater. So Larry passes her with his popcorn. He sits down next to her. He complains about it. She can see he's upset, rubs his arm. And by the way, may I add... A little extra rubbing there. A little extra rubbing. Yeah. You thought so. I didn't think, because a couple of pats, that's pleasant. Eh, She went for, I'm trying to give you an erection. Let's make out now before the show. Now, do men get erections from rubbing their arm? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Those who are lucky enough surely do. Okay. Larry did not get an erection, but she assumed that he did because his pants pants tent. Which leads to something insane that we'll talk about shortly. Go ahead. No, it, it'll come okay. when it comes. And all of that goes down. But he did not have an erection. Of course not. She yeah. just assumed so. Okay. So if you're going out to a movie with a friend of your wife or a female friend of yourself that is not romantic and you're involved with somebody else and someone rubs your arm even in a, a sexual way more than, let's say, a half a dozen times, you'd either say something or force your brain to not get an erection. Because you can. You can force it down. Like, nope, this is not, you don't want to insult her. You have tremendous control. No. By the way, I'm not saying it's a um, a date and you're single and they're single. Right. No, then it's a situation. This yeah, is, he's out with his wife's friend. If someone's close to your wife or it's a friend of yours, you know, you'd go, I'm not going to get involved in this. But, you know, so, he, so when I said definitely, by the way, of those of you listening to the show, I'm going off on a lot of tangents, and I want to apologize. We'll see where that goes. It may be part of the show. 
I don't know. But as of now, a lot of tangents so far. We'll see. Keep going. So that's all done. They go outside. He sees Lewis. He finds out that this woman is Lewis's girlfriend. They're supposed to have dinner the, the following weekend. He's like, I'm not having dinner with them. Right. No way. Well, he, that's when the next scene he goes home and says to Cheryl, we're supposed to have dinner, but that's not happening. That's not happening. And he tells Cheryl. The pants tense. About, he, he very smartly tells Cheryl that her friend Nancy thought he had an erection. Well, by the way, you have to do that. But he neglected to tell her that she was rubbing his arm. Right. Which is he an did. important and thing to have left out. I'm jumping ahead. But the next episode, which is about episode two, I have something to say about that, the explaining. Yes. Okay. All right. I know where you're going with I know. that. The whole episode is about apologies. Yeah. And then comes back the whole issue with your parents and him saying sorry on the machine. Right. And Cheryl wanting to know why he said he was sorry. And that's, again, he's digging a hole, digging a hole, digging right. a hole. Well, I, I, there were three things that pile up, and they're all of his own doing. Now, a lot of times on the show, my character is responsible for him digging a hole because he gives him advice. But also, when he tries to help me with you, a stickler I'm in, everything everyone does on this show that is not Larry or I, it has no effect on them, whatever they do. If Larry or I are involved, and obviously together, it's digging bigger holes after bigger holes. Basically, I'm attached to Larry's trouble 90% 90% of the time. And 90% of the time that you're in trouble with either me or Cheryl. Yes, yes, yes. Obviously more so me with you. Although I think yeah, he's you with split me a lot. it up. Yeah. I'm saying you split it up nicely. You know, early on, as we talked about in the first episode, Cheryl and I, she didn't like me. I was trying to work through that, my client's wife, you know, but she did not like me. The character I'm talking about. Cheryl Hines loved me from the get-go. And I say that in a gentle voice. Now, was there a discussion when you started doing the series that you're going to change that dynamic? Yeah, no, Larry made that decision as he was writing the episode. So he made that, that was a conscious decision. Conscious decision. And HBO, that was one of the only notes they had. We 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 liked the conflict. He says, I don't want to do that. And by the way, I don't know if this was the last season of it or or the second season was. This season, he had not finished all the outlines when the season started. Uh So it was a lot of work for him to go back to the office when we weren't shooting and write the outlines. See, now when we go to work, as you know, before we even show up, we've read all 10 episodes. And they change very little. But you and Cheryl in in the show, Jeff Green and Cheryl David... I don't remember that there's any time that you're ever really close. There's just not conflict. No, but we're very copacetic. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. I mean, I think that we even get to a point where she just accepts me like Larry's arm. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to be here. I have no problems with it. But even then, I think she got mad at me maybe once during the season or twice. She's kicked me out of the house before. I remember for what. Well, yeah, I I remember what it was for. I'll discover when we watch. Yeah, I remember what it was for. And let me also add this. I watch these with my girlfriend, Sari. And it's fun to see it through her Somebody eye. else's eyes, yeah. yeah she I does agree. talk too much when we watch things. But other than that, fun to watch it through her eyes. It is, because... I have to pause a lot because of her. So I'm not really just absorbing. But I pause a lot because I want to write something down. But bonus for her. All right, so it's mistake after mistake, alienation one after the other, the Hitler thing. Lewis confronts him. You better call me by sundown. Uh, my sundown? Uh, there's a posse going to come get me? That's right. 
Mm. He comes up with shit. And then Larry has to come to our house to apologize to your parents for the Hitler thing. But in the interim, he has left a message saying he's he's sorry. And so he has a conflict with Cheryl. So it's all very, you know, very inter right. interwoven. Yes. So let's talk about Louis and Mina. No, let's talk about what happens before Louis and Mina. That's more important. What are you talking about? Larry walks in the house. What's the first thing he sees? I don't know. You. Oh, me. Yes. The first thing okay. he sees is me. You wanted to skip your introduction <laughs> well, into the right. show. What are you smoking? Yes. When, so, so, and the fact you were lost on it is a bonus. Well, I don't me. remember. You know what? You are old. I am old. But we just um, watched it. Okay. okay. So, yes, he does see me. He does yes. see me. And it, it, what's interesting is that house we rented, that was a house up in the Hollywood Hills, if you recall. Yes, we were there for a number of seasons. Well, I think only two. I think they had to leave after the second season. Was because second? Because it was, the parking was too difficult up no, there no, for the uh, trucks. No, no, getting up through the hills was yeah, too difficult. Yeah, with the trucks. By the way, the fact we chose that initially... I don't Doesn't know who chose that. It makes well, no sense. I like that house a lot. We had a completely different group that was producing and all, yeah, all of that yes, at that yes. time. Sandy Chanley. Yes. and I said, and, like, I said like I'm introducing her on in a variety show. Sandy Chanley. And there was the blonde and Tom guy. Tom Bull. Yeah. And, and, the, and uh, uh, yeah, what's, what's his name? You know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I literally call him the blonde guy. I repeated his name last night. I go, I remember to talk. Um, all good eggs, by the way. Yeah, and I, I don't know the machinations of why. Can I be honest with you? In my entire life, I'm 60 years old, I've never used the word machinations. Really? Wow. Never. Maybe you will now. Could be more likely. I'll say that. So, I knew the word, but never used it. What happened was, Yeah. did you guys audition people for that role? No. You had an audition. No, I can tell you. Role. You tell what you know, and I'll tell what I well, know. Well, what I know is but one day. But we did not audition anyone. Anyone. Okay. okay. What I recall was I was sitting at home in my apartment on 78th Street. Remember that apartment across from Stand Up New York? Right. And the phone rang, and it was Larry's. Like, Susie, hi, it's LD. I had not heard from him for 10 years. He had moved to LA to do Seinfeld. And I, I love the way he just says LD as if, you yeah, know, hey, Larry, how you doing? But right? I did know yeah, who it was. Of course, I know. And but I, I had never moved to LA. I had stayed in New York. I was living in right. New York, and I hadn't seen him in all these years. And he said, oh, I have this part for you I want you to do. It's a new TV show. And I said, well, what's the part? Don't worry about it. You could do it. And I said, well, send me a script. There's no script. And then he said, there's no money. You have to do it for day scale and you have to fly yourself out and put yourself up. And I was like, laugh. <laughs> I, you know, I would die to work with him. I loved him. You know, yeah. I always was such a big fan of his. I said, but I'm not going to have it cost me money. You want me to do it for day scale? Fine. And I was just a guest star. It was nothing. So whatever. Eventually, somebody came up with some money. They put me up at some crappy hotel in Venice, uh -huh. some shithole. And I think they flew me out coach or whatever. Of course they flew out coach. I would wager. But although I think it's against union rules to yes, do that. but I think they still flew But I think they flew me out coach. And the reason why Larry had called me for the part was he had a later episode, which we'll get to, called The Wire, which is later on in the season, where I have to be uh, a little angry, and let's me. say. It set the tone. Yes, a little angry. Two scenes set the tone. Yeah. And this he, one and then the when we get to that yeah, this episode. This one I wasn't angry at all. Th no, this no, episode. no. I meant, yeah. I meant the one coming up this season. Yes. And then one from, is it season two? 
That's season two. The okay. Doll is yeah. season two. Okay. So he had seen me do, I did it in 1999, a roast of Jerry Stiller right. on Comedy Central. Right. And, you know, roasts, you have to be very blue. It's what they are. Yeah. And so he just saw that I had a facility with a certain language, which yes. is what he had in mind. And I don't really, you know, we'll, we'll ask him when he comes on the show exactly what it was that he was thinking. But I think a light bulb moment just went off and then he came to you. Yeah. And he just said... What would you think about Susie Essman for your wife? And I completely lit up. I go, can we do that? How can we do that? He goes, yeah, let's let's do it. And the character's yeah. name was Marla uh-huh. to begin with. Yes. Which is because that was your wife. Wife of your. Um, so, I mean, that was how it all started. I don't and, remember and, you being named Marla. That's funny. Yes. And I was at a point in my career. This is, I guess he called me in 1999. Well, by the way. You were primarily known in this point in your career. As a stand-up. Yeah, but you were primarily known as one of those gals from Women of the Night. But I just want to go back to, to yeah. uh, the thing. So so he offered me the job. And at that point, I was in a very frustrated place in my career because I, I had been doing stand-up for about 16 years and was really good and nothing was happening. Even if you have the talent, even if you're funny as hell, there's still so much adversity. I remember sitting on the steps of Second City with Bob Odenkirk, okay? And we're both sitting there having had so much adversity, people ignoring us, and we really were miffed. We said, I think you're funny. He'd say to me, I think you're funny. What the fuck is going on? Why doesn't anyone notice us? I, I'll never forget that. It's vivid to yeah. me now. But that's part of being a young comedian. I wasn't even that young at this point. I was like 45 by, by I the time. You were 62. I, yeah. Okay. But I think that just a point I want to make about that is he saw me on that roast of Jerry Stiller. Right. And Comedy Central didn't want me on that roast. The Friars Club had said they wanted me on that roast. And Comedy Central nixed me because I was whatever too old, too Jewish, too female for whatever reason they didn't want me. And the Friars Club fought for me to be on that roast because I had done so much stuff for them gratis and proved myself because that was always my thing about my career. You just keep showing up, showing up, you do good work and you just focus on that. You don't focus on what no, am I getting do what and what do and everybody else thing. is getting yes. and just do your thing and you do your compare. thing. And that's Although what I always did. That. Well, we, we're yeah. human. Yeah. And that's what I always did. And, and they fought for me to be on that roast. And Comedy Central, I think, thought, okay, we'll let her be on the roast. And they paid what was then a decent amount. I think it was like 5000 And thing? they were going to cut me out. Yeah. Well, I killed you know, and those roasts are yeah. hard. Well, and those way, rooms for, are hard. The, the roasts are hard. Unless someone's an idiot, I would be horrible on a roast. I mean, I well, have been. Well, you're not, you're I not a joke writer. I was on the Bob Saget roast, and I was terrible. Oh, oh my God, terrible. Makes me sad. I know, Bob. Yeah, that kills me, too. Uh, roasters uh, are a specific yes, ability. Yes. And it's not the way that I do my stand-up, because no, I'm not jokey. No. But I worked it, and I made it jokey, because I knew that's what... And you're in a horrible room, with the high ceiling, the high ballroom ceiling. But God so anyway, bless the Friars Club, because without the Friars Club, we wouldn't be having this conversation that's right, right now. That's and you right. know what? I was going to pull out of my membership today... Because I've had it with them. Well, they're a completely different thing. No, now. no, I am, I, I'm yeah. a proud member of the president, but they're closed right they're now. They're not. It's a whole different thing. Oh, now. so they're not going to open? I don't know, but it's not what it used to be. Well, everything's not what it used to no, be. No, but I mean, this I like is, a good buffet on a, on a on a Sunday morning. I don't even know if they do that anymore. Basically, what she's saying is, you, the listener, who we have to respect, would not be interested in what's going down at the Friars Club. Myself, Jeff Garland, a member of the Friars Club, a comedian. Looking back on Milton Berle, et cetera. Boy, wow, oh, that boy. was it was a tremendous tradition, an amazing yeah. tradition. Oh. And the roasts, you know, Phyllis Diller 
dressed up as a man with a beard and a suit, and she snuck into a friar's roast because women were not allowed in friar's roasts. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. We're back. The water's blocking the camera on you. Was it blocking me? Was it below my neck? I want this all included, by the way. I always want this stuff included. Keep the whole fucker in. I want people to feel the whole adventure that I'm feeling. It was very important to get the picture out from because it was blocking part of my chin. Actually, I don't I need that Here, anyway. I'll give that to you. But anyhow, I thought, why not put the, the uh, picture in front of me and tell them where they can buy it? It's a great, by the way, I totally dig that picture. It's a beautiful picture. So, all right. So Larry gives me the job. He offers me the job. Finally, they come up with the $10 to fly me out and put me up. And this was, I remember thinking, really? Because it was right after he did the Seinfeld syndication deal. Right. (laughs) Yeah. The first one, I know. But that's not his money regardless. You know what I mean? Nobody, a producer or an actor doesn't say, I'll pay for it. That never happens. Well, by the way, no, that would happen. Yeah. Would. By the way, Larry David now, if he wanted somebody as bad as you, he would say, I'll pay for it. At that time, I don't think he would have. He didn't know better. Nobody he knew. He it didn't was, think. Yes. It was such a slapdash operation in the beginning. We had no trailers, for example. Oh, this we is had a no- good one. Hold on, hold on. Forget the for example. Now, normally you have, at worst, when you're primary on the show, a triple banger. Which means there's three, there's one trailer with three 
dressing like rooms. Like cubbies. Yeah, no, no, they're more than cubbies because then you've got four. The ones with four in a row are usually for people who have one line. And they don't have their own oh, bathroom. And then most of them don't have their own bathroom. Yeah. Then the triple banger is smaller rooms, but it is a room. You could take a nap And you in have there. a bathroom. And you have a bathroom. Right. And then there's a double banger. And then there's the star trailer. And then the, I work with Eddie Murphy on Daddy Daycare. He actually had four trailers connected, like, to make a diamond. Oh, he had a fucking house. Basically, yeah. one was filled with exercise equipment. One was filled with Danish right. pastries. I'm kidding. That's if I had that trailer. But anyhow, we, i.e., the cast of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Susie, myself, Cheryl, was there anyone else who's a regular? Well, if Richard, Richard. was on, if Ted was on, we shared. No, no not, oh, no, not the first season. There was no trailer. No, no, but wait, but you're not hearing what? Let me. There wasn't even a makeup uh, or hair trailer. There was no makeup and hair trailer? No. There oh, weren't even portisans. Wait a minute, hold this here. So the, you're taking me back, and I because I'm I'm thinking obviously of where we were season two, right? So season one, we just sat in directors. We, we'd chairs. find a room somewhere and change, and really? we'd be doing our hair and makeup. I, by the way, I'm remembering this, but I I forgot all about it. Was it was so we had nothing. So and that was that. You talk about slapdash. Yeah, it was really yeah. low budget. We yeah. had nothing. Yeah. Now, I remember Except there wasn't no even portisans. The house that our characters lived yeah, in. Yeah, because it was space. But we had a, a whole separate building. We had a room. Yeah, yeah a big room with, yeah. with a big bathroom. No wonder I liked that. That's right. Because even... Okay, go ahead. So I just want to point... It was really low budget. You know, believe mm -hmm. me, all those girls on Sex in the City all had their own trailer, and they had a makeup trailer, and they had a hair trailer. To begin with. Yeah, to begin with. We didn't have anything. No. We were like the, well, the ugly stepchild no, of you the... you know what we were uh, called? What? HBO referred to us as their little experimental show. Their little experimental show. I and that's about. right. That's yeah. what we were. Yeah. And we, we had none of that. I, right. I even think that was the case for season two. I might be wrong. No, I think it was season it was. three that we got the trailer we all shared. But maybe it was season two. Well, I, I'm I'll pretty check. sure it was season two. But I've spoken to Tom who was our makeup guy, they had no trailer. Right. It was just like so in a corner been, he's somewhere. He's been on the show since episode one. Uh, I think he came in a little later, but I'm not sure. Like in that season, he came in season oh, one. okay. But, you know, we'd go off in a corner the somewhere. The reason I ask and, is because there's very few of us who've been there since the beginning. Right. You know, in terms of the the hour one, myself. Cheryl, Larry, Laura. Cheryl, Larry, Laura. That's it. Bob Whitey. Bob Whitey, but Bob Whitey is no longer, right. he, does, he directs an occasional right. episode. So yes, he was there at the beginning. Yes, he was there at He this directed part. this episode, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Season one, yeah. number one. Of course yeah. he did. But I'm just saying in terms of from then to still being on the show full time. Right. So I was not a contract player. No, I was day paid player. day scale. Yep. I was told I'm in three episodes at that point, yep. And I was totally happy to do it. But it wasn't anything that I ever thought I'd be sitting here 22 years later and still be doing and still talking about. It was a knockoff. Okay, it was a one-off. But here's the thing. I know you felt that way. It's very strange for me to watch these because what I remember now is every single detail about what I was thinking, what I had for craft service, every single aspect where I sat while we filmed a certain scene, when we shot that angle, where was I? It all came flooding back to me. And that is... Uh, Really strange. Also, I think the success of our show lies in early on, at least when shows are usually at their best, finding their way the best, but they're really interesting. There was no hype early on. 
That's why first albums of bands are usually so good because they're fighting for their lives. What's going to happen? And we just did what made us laugh. Right. There was no thought. We were working in a vacuum. We had no idea how people were going to react to this at all. And just anecdotally, the first two seasons were really under the radar. I just noticed the third season, people noticing me on the street and things like that, but really under the radar. Which season did we start following The Sopranos? Three or four. I don't remember. Well, that's the season where we took off. That's the right. season where many new eyes came on us right. off The Sopranos. There was something that I liked about being under the radar. Oh, yeah. Being under the radar and being employed and making a good living, that's the dream. Yeah. Well, I wasn't making that's a good living. I was making day skill. Well, by the way, <laughs> I was barely making a yeah. good living. My, so at this point, yeah. only you, Larry, and Cheryl were uh, series regulars. Yes, all right, we're, we're hitting a lot of time here, so let's get to uh, Louis and. But by the way, you said anecdotally. Yeah. Could you promise me that you would use that in talking to me at least a half dozen times a week before I, you I start promise talking? You. Okay, thanks. That and what was machinations? <laughs> oh, if you can an- oh. anecdotally, I have some machinations. So I just had this one little scene, and it was really just introducing the character. Yes. Sammy was a boy at right. this point. I think I made up the name Sammy, so I actually chose oh. well because it could have been either. Right. When the thing with the cuteness uh, that you said, like, she's got her arm. Was that a dog you were talking about? No, it was about? another kid. One of, there was the kid. other women That's there that I were thought. in my mommy oh, and me. So the other kid was one of the other ladies. Correct. Kids. I was very confused. And Larry wouldn't go up and see the kid. Which, by the way. Why would he? No, no, forget why would he. Who the hell wants to? If it's my exactly. kid, I barely want to go up. And I love my children. But, but seeing them hug but another kid. But your parents kid, got very upset about this. Yes. Well, by the way, let me. Could just go back because it's really important. I want to talk about my parents. So my parents are played by Mina Kolb, who is the most sweet, wonderful woman, but also in the first company of Second City. The first. Very first. She was kind of an ingenue back then, too. And she played my mother in the movie I did, I Want Someone to Eat Cheese. Yes. And what a delight. I'll never forget her saying to me, there was a Second City reunion and I'm wearing a red shirt. And she walked to me, you look good in red. (laughs) <laughs> red's your color and since then I, you think I, ever, I wear red and I don't think of that moment so was she your idea to play your mother uh, or was I'm she sure. casting yeah she was casting but she was my mom because she told me I look good in red okay because that's what made her but she did not have a big career here um, oh in, in Hollywood she worked constantly she worked but I'm yeah. just saying she wasn't you know Louis Nye was a much better known name for example well Louis Nye I want to talk about this for a second before I is talk is Mina about, still alive <clears throat> I don't know, and I don't want to check. All right. Uh, Louie, I know, died in 2005. No, no, for fear I'm going to find out on the air. She's not. She's quite old, though. I know that. So anyhow, Louie Nye. She was terrific, though. Ah, ah, big ball of wonderful. Louie Nye was a comedy legend and a comedy hero. Right. He's the one who came up with the phrase, hi-ho, Steve Arino. Uh, uh, well, Steve, his, Allen Steve Allen show was his big, yes. what but he was known that, the most for. He was on the Beverly Hillbillies as a regular. But everything he did was drop down funny on Just all these funny sitcoms man. and movies. The funniest. And played a lot of, you know, like little Lord Fauntleroy well, type that, of characters. That was a character on Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. But he was just so damn funny. Now, uh, another health thing for me. I had a stroke. These are people are going to listen and go, what the fuck? But I had a stroke in... Uh, 99, right? In 99, 2000. You know, 2000 it was. So you had the stroke after the first... Hour. Hour. Between that and the I, first the, season. What we call and the, the first special. first season, to me, I remember how difficult it was yeah. to talk. And you were young. Yeah, I was 36. 
seven, seven years I think. old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in Cedar Sinai, they have a channel which is a gift of Burns and Allen, Jack Benny, all these old time comedies that I love, my heroes. And I'm watching a Jack Benny episode in particular that just killed me. And it took place as an airport. And Louis Nye was all through the episode as this cab driver. And he was killing me and killing me. So when we came out, no, I did not suggest Louis Nye. That was not even in my head. They tell me, Louis Nye is here to audition for your father. And I was like, what the fuck? No, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. And he came in and he just destroyed us. Destroyed and he us. was so funny in the but episode. Said, I think the funniest line, it's not even a line, something someone said on the show belongs to Louis Nye in an episode down the road. All right, um, we'll get to it. Yes. Tease but, it. But this one... You're this rotten. One, yeah. It, 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 it's all normal. Larry David is apologizing to my parents. My parents are being kind of tough. It's all right. It's okay. And then Louis throws in at the end, it was rotten. Rotten what you did, but you're a pop. And the way Louis Nice says rotten is a gift from the gods. That's right. And and that was improvised. Yeah, he, he was you know, not given that well, line. Well, by the way, that show at that point was really improvised. Yeah. You know, I, but, but I'm just saying that that's when you hire the right people, when you hire a, a comedy brain like that, yeah. you get that kind of gold. Yeah. And he's a big bowl of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, where, where, where are we at? Well, uh, I mean, the rest is just the stuff at the restaurant. By the way, more. I love that he's talking about sources for him getting erections. He explained this, because this is the scene I want to talk about. Uh, Cheryl Sophia Strand Loren. comes back, yeah. and she says, it was, she's sticking to it. She, she wants it to be clearly yeah. an erection, and she's pissed off it's not. But Larry says, I can name sources. Sophia Loren was once a source. I know my sources. <laughs> Sometimes they're mysterious sources. Mysterious sources which I just thought was the funniest thing for me in the episode. And you know what? We go to the restaurant. This is the last yeah. scene. And when we're ordering at the table, did you hear what Louie ordered? Fricassee. No. What, what did he order? Fish frenzy. Fish frenzy, Okay, yes. we're all, all ordering things for the yes. menu. He decides on the seafood menu he's going to order, fish which is frenzy. not on the menu. I'm going to have the... The fish frenzy. And the way he says it is too fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. And he was, a, I enjoyed working with him also. So Larry had come to my office and said, hey, you know, the Hitler thing, Cheryl heard you on the message say you were sorry. So what you're going to apologize for, and the whole episode, really the theme was apology, letters of apology. Non-stop apology. Non-stop apologizing. So he told me, if she wants to know why you're apologizing, uh, and I was writing a letter to Kathy Griffin apologizing, right. I don't, you know. And that Kathy called you about working with me, with Larry, and um, you didn't give him the message. So I said it was I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, of course, Larry's Kathy got it all working. Shows up. She, she, she walks up to the table, and I see her, and she says hello to me, and I do a thing I've done on the show many times, and that was the first time, which is the hey, 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 which is hey. Hey, hey, in other words, oh, fuck, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And Larry does it. We're both looking at the, how do we take this? What do we do? And we even continue lying to her going, what are you talking about? And that sets up, in my mind, it sets up a dynamic, which is that with you and Larry and Cheryl and me, that you are constantly 
digging deeper holes with us. And we always know, we always catch you. And there's no lesson learned. You never learn. By the way, if there's a lesson learned, there's no it's show. It's not comedy. There are and no lessons learned. And you just keep on hugs, doing no the same learned. thing over and over again. By the way, I want to end this with, again, Louis Nye. The waitress walks away. And he goes, look at the way that girl walked. I know. He was a and little it, dirty old man yeah, no, thing going way, on. My grandfather was that way. I hated uh-huh. my grandfather talked to everyone and flirted yeah. with every waitress. And I couldn't understand why when I was a kid it made me uncomfortable, but my instincts was, were right. Were correct. Yeah. 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 I, I have that note, Louis Nye, dirty old man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so on that note. We're gonna we're gonna end this this episode and yeah. more to come. And I hope, look, I hope it's enjoyable for you. If it's not, don't listen to the episode. Is that asking too it is asking too much, but we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director west ball breathes new life into the epic franchise as a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike kingdom of the planet of the apes enter the kingdom in imax this friday and theaters everywhere get tickets now